0: kids, and welcome to Absorbent and Yellow, a SpongeBob deep dive, the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for SpongeBob SquarePants. With us today on the podcast is going to be the guest of the podcast, Grant Parks, and it's going to be a great podcast. It's going to be a great podcast, especially for you segment files out there, that is uh, lovers of segments because we're going to have a lot of segments on um this episode. I don't really keep I haven't I haven't kept track, you know, uh in the past of how how many, you know, segments we've had if 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 this even is going to be like a significant number of segments or if every episode we just have a lot of segments now. Um I haven't really been keeping count, but let's see. We're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. I think we're going to have eight-ish segments today. As a reminder, um, you can always check the uh, uh, show notes for timestamps if you want to skip ahead. Or or maybe you just want to listen out of order. I know that some people are really into listening to things out of order these days, you know? You want to listen to the last segment first, and then the second segment, fifth segment, and then go back to the first segment? If you do that, um, then that means that You've already listened to most of the podcast when you're hearing this, so sorry for not putting the instructions in the last segment. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. All right, let's jump in. Okay, so um, we've got uh, 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 three different types of of trivias today, okay, Um, but not like the – you know the special kinds that we've done in the past. So we've got your, your regular trivia clock. Okay. And then um we've got trivia it's going to be a little bit more of a deeper dive, but I'm not going to say it's not like the deep dive that we did last time. It's just this ep- episode is kind of special so it requires a little bit more um in-depth detailed trivia. Um so I'm going to I'm going to call that one big boy trivia. Um that's the only thing i could come up with and i've got a couple of bonus trivias maybe they'll will be a surprise so i won't time stamp them but we'll sprinkle them in later okay um but before we get to any of the trivias we've got a uh, um a segment that i wish i could call a uh, victory screech i think that that had this story gone a little bit different I totally would have named this segment um Victory Screech um and we it would have had an awesome intro music and stuff. But instead, um I think I have to call this segment um 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 big pink loser because I'm a big I'm a big pink loser. So here here's the uh, sounds that we'll play before we start this segment. Okay, here's why I'm a big pink loser. And I'm just going to tell you up front, this once again has to do with a noise Squidward day. But I promise this will be the last time I talk about a noise Squidward day. Maybe we'll bring it up next time Sarah's on, just so that we can say our piece and then put it to rest. But um, but yes, uh, we, we've got to go back to this again. And to be totally honest, I um, wasn't even going to bring this up uh, except for the way that this story ends. I felt like I you know, had to. Yeah, it'll make sense in a second, I guess. Um, so, this past uh, 15th, February 15th, uh, many people uh, celebrated Annoy Squidward Day. Um, and we've talked about this before. Uh, I don't... Sarah Wodka has convinced me. Um, I think that she is 100% right. That Annoy Squidward Day is not on the 15th. Um, and it... I, I didn't really get super bothered or, or uh, heated up by it initially. I... <laughs> I guess I kind of did. (laughs) It kind of bothered me that people were celebrating it on February 15th only because people took it so much as like gospel truth that it's on the 15th just because um, the, you know, fan wiki says that it is. But all the evidence like does not, in my humble opinion, point to it being in February. I just I can't even imagine like. I don't know. It, it's just so clearly takes place in January to me, right? Um, but anyway, um, I had a feeling it, it got edited a couple times, and maybe I mentioned on the podcast, I think that I did like, oh, they edited it again. Every time I would text Sarah and be like, they edited it again, and would like change it, you know, back to January or whatever. Um, and at one point, uh, it got changed. I The first time I edited it, I was like, oh, like, it's just by mistake, you know, February... I'll fix it to say January, you know, and then I get got edited again um, to be set back to February in the fan wiki. Um, and then so I was like, well, maybe I should give an explanation and I'll just rattle this off like very quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll speed through this, um, you know what I put in there. So I edited it um, to say February fifteenth again. Uh, and then, when you edit like the wiki, you can leave a note of you know um, like wh- what edits you've made and why. So I said I corrected the date and gave some explanation for the change of date. Um, and uh, I just put underneath trivia: um, there has been debate over whether a noise Squidward Day takes place in January or February, as it is never explicitly stated. and one close shot in Employee of the Month, it appears as though there are only twenty eight days in SpongeBob's calendar. Leading some to believe a Noise Squidward Day takes place in February. Uh, however, the medium shot shows the calendar could have as many as 35 days. Furthermore, the close shot contains multiple mathematical errors. Judging for employee of the month is seen to take place one week and a day after a Noise Squidward Day. Uh, parentheses, 15 days later, and yet somehow falls on the 27th, parentheses, 12 days later. In fact, each week um, jumps an incorrect number of days between rows, 10, 6, and 5, respectively. Finally, the MB frame. Spongebob, and Squidward are hoping to see their respective portraits filled with its labeled January. Uh, If the monthly judging uh, is for the month prior, it can be assumed that this episode takes place in January. It's possible that the Frames label indicates the upcoming month, if, say, the judging ends at the first of the following month, um, in which case the episode would take place in December. If the episode takes place in February, then the judging for January's Employee of the Month would begin 27 days after the end of January. And look, I'm I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back to my own or whatever, but I thought. Th- all of that, A, was plenty of explanation, and B, makes it, like, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the episode takes place in January, right? Well, it gets edited again as we approach February 15th, which, you know, doesn't surprise me, because as I predicted, um, you know, people, I think, as they're approaching a noise Squidward Day, they're looking up, when is that exact date? And then they see that it's already passed, and they're like, oh, no, that can't be the case or whatever. And I promise this will be the only time uh, I, you know, direct a comment towards a specific wiki user um i'm not even going to say their name because i'm you know not interested in you know starting like a online war or whatever and i and i don't know maybe maybe this user um you know listens to the podcast in which case thank you for listening to the podcast uh write in if you do um and seriously there's there's no hey i'm not making trying to make fun or anything but i just thought that this was funny um they changed the date back to february uh and under their note of what they changed and why they said corrected info Parentheses. Many agree that the holiday takes place in February, which is implied by the close-up shot. So, I I was like, I don't I don't know. I just thought that it was kind of funny. Like, well, we think I'm changing it to February because um, people agree that it's February. Okay, whatever. And and honestly, I I was not going to edit it back. I have not edited it back to January. I'm like, whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just going to reside myself to the fact that most people have decided that it takes place in February, you know. Okay, so all that happens, and even with all that, I would not have brought that up on the podcast for all the reasons um, that I've already said. Um, you know, th- th- such as uh, that no one cares, that I don't want to, you know, like um, go up against any one specific person or whatever. But then, uh, fan of the show, and um, you know, frequent writer, inner um, uh Tags the absorbent yellow um, um, Twitter account at absorbent yellow, and I'm like, oh, what's this? What am I being, you know, tagged about? I looked, and they've quote tweeted a tweet from the official, the official SpongeBob SquarePants um, Twitter account at SpongeBob verified, Uh, and they just said, it's that day again, and it's the frame pointing, uh, SpongeBob pointing to annoy Squidward Day, to which I replied. I think I've officially lost this war. So I want to go down gracefully. I need to say one thing, which probably isn't very graceful, but I just want to acknowledge it's not as if the original creators or even like, you know, the writers on this episode are running the SpongeBob Twitter account. I'm sure that whoever runs the SpongeBob Twitter account is very talented, you know, has credentials to get to that place of running social media for what is pr- probably the most popular cartoon in the entire world but I'm just saying whoever runs it is probably just like you or I, you know, a fan of Spongebob that has a finger on the pulse of like the zeitgeist the internet chatter about it and stuff and so I can't help but wonder if they saw the memes just like everybody else. Anyway, okay. So I know that's not as graceful. I just now, this is what I hope is a more graceful part. I have to concede Even if I don't agree with it, the official SpongeBob Twitter account, which is probably the most official comment that we're going to get on this, has declared February 15th uh, the um, official Annoy Squidward Day date. I honestly think that the only scenario at this point where me or Sarah uh, are vindicated in our belief that it takes place in January is if we were able to contact and ask either Paul Tibbet or Doug Lawrence, who wrote uh, on the episode, and I will never <laughs> do that. I am not going to be the guy that pesters some remarkably successful person. And rather than asking an insightful question, asks a question about some petty internet war. So I wasn't trying to start a culture war. I think we accidentally started a very mini culture war. Um, but if this was a war, it's... Uh, Less like a world war and more like a ten days war because, uh, I have lost. All right, another that bull crap. Let's move on to some real trivia. O'clock. Hey, everybody. Most of this trivia is going to come from the audio commentary for this episode shanghai and then I'll have a little bit for Gary Takes a Bath as well. Um, according to Frank Weiss on the audio commentary for this episode, the Flying Dutchman and his ship are animated using double exposure. Basically, double exposure is a technique to uh, make film appear see-through. This is a real fun one. Um, so This audio commentary um, had on Aaron Springer and C.H. Uh, Greenblatt or Carl Greenblatt um, as well as Frank Weiss um, and uh, uh, Carl and Aaron talked about at one point um, the Flying Dutchman's line about mold growing on the ceilings and bugs in the sink um, was a direct reference uh, to the other writer, Paul Tibbet. Um Paul would often have some of the crew over to hang out and play video games uh, at his house after work, and according to one of the writers, um, his bathroom uh, literally had <laughs> mold on the ceiling and spiders in the sink which I thought was very funny. Um, so they kind of threw that in there as an inside joke in and ribbing of, of Paul Tibbit Spongebob's uh, quote unquote magic trick gag um, the you know uh, finger chains behind his head thing um, was actually written by Steven Hillenburg uh, and according to Carl on the uh, audio commentary um, Nick Jennings did that gag once in real life um, and Steve thought it was quote the funniest thing in the entire world so they quote had to put it in the board Um, and then Carl and Aaron uh, later joke that they were uh, quote um, happy to oblige which is very funny and cute yeah. <laughs> It's revealed in the audio commentary that the movie passes and coffee mugs <laughs> referenced by Spongebob and Patrick were actual gifts given to the writers of Spongebob by Nickelodeon um, and one of them uh, jokes instead of pay, here's a mug. <laughs> so, I love these audio commentaries because you kind of get little hints and you get these in like interviews and stuff too. You get little hints about how um, kind of insufferable uh, corporate Nickelodeon was <laughs> to some of these writers. Not to laugh at their pain, but um, Carl admits Uh, that walking through the perfume department uh, was a long time fear of his when they were working on this episode Um, and then I can't remember if this was Carl or Aaron but um, at one point Patrick says It seems we have reached an impasse. And uh, they comment, I'm glad they didn't cut impasse. And I'm glad too. Um, Aaron and Carl uh, comment that they originally wanted for there to be reggae music playing in the final shot of the Flying Dutchman's van. Um, And they kind of laugh about it. They're like, hey, Aaron, don't you remember that we wanted this? And then they never really finish the thought, which makes me think that it might have been a weed joke. But I don't know. We'll never know. Okay, um, Gary takes a bath. At the start of doing research for season two, um, I found that there are a couple episodes in season two whose production codes uh, suggest that they were originally written for season three. For those of you that don't remember, the production code just, it's the order, it's just a code for keeping track of episodes, but um, the order of codes reveal the order in which these episodes, uh, they began work on them. And so if you'll recall, uh, the episode SB129 is kind of sort of an inside joke or reference, I don't know what you'd call it, but um, the the production code for that episode is SB129. Um, the production code for Gary Takes a Bath is, is, is I think, like SB183 or something like that. And so when I saw that, I thought, oh, that must have been um, originally written for season three and then got put into season two, which is the case for a couple of other episodes I think. But I now don't think that that's the case. I think that probably um, they had, uh, you know, they made this uh, Shanghai special first um, and 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 then uh, many months later, they've begun work on season three um, and then either decided, realized or Nick told them that they needed a shorter episode to pair with Shanghai for the rerun version of Shanghai and then just added that to the project list. And then finally, this is kind of fun. um, This episode, uh, Gary takes a bath was at one point and maybe still is. I don't think it still is, but it definitely was at one point banned in the uk and australia um, due to the don't drop the soap joke that spongebob makes in the episode we'll talk about that some later if you don't know what that means um ask your mom that wasn't a jo- that that wasn't a joke like that wasn't a jo- the soap i wasn't suggesting that your mom's been in prison i just never mind let's move on big boy trivia Maybe a lot of you already know this about uh, the episode Shanghai. I did not know this until like a year ago, and it super blew my mind. Um, and maybe it'll blow your mind too. So, this episode Shanghai first premiered March 9th, 2001, as part of a special called You Wish or SpongeBob SquarePants You Wish. Um, in the special, Patchy instructs the viewers uh, to be prepared to vote by phone at the end of the episode for which ending should be aired. So they advertise it a ton leading up to this. There's a really cute um, Got Milk advertisement um, that... That you can look up online or I'll tweet it out on the um, uh, absorbent yellow uh, Twitter account. But so basically the advertising all around it is like Nickelodeon is the station where you get to pick, you know, what cartoons you want to watch. Your voice is heard, blah, 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 So for this special hosted by Patchy the Pirate, um, you get to call in and you get to pick what ending uh, of the episode we show. So um, when we get to the end of the episode, right as the Flying Dutchman is about to choose uh, who will get uh, his last word. Wish of the three that he's um, giving them um, the show is suddenly stopped and then patchy instructs the viewers uh, to begin calling the number um, displayed on the screen and then a few minutes later uh, patchy announces first the losers um, and then the winner um, of the contest uh, the contestants being of course squidward patrick and spongebob showing first um, what alternate endings were not chosen um, and then after showing patrick and squidward's endings uh, patchy then tells the kids that their choice of spongebob's ending will now forever be what plays every time they see this episode again in reruns after that um, and then the rest of the episode then plays out this episode has five different TV versions um, with even more if you count the VHS and DVD releases the first version is the one that I just described to you which aired on March 9th the second version uh, is the version that aired the following day um, with the, ori- or the official ending rather um, in its place uh, without like the other two endings um, but this time without any of the Apache segments the third version is the version that most of you have likely seen. It's the one that I always saw growing up, um, which includes Gary Takes a Bath and has the patchy segments trimmed down and redubbed to take out any reference to the contest. Um, The episode, rather than uh, opening with the title You Wish, instead opens um, with uh, the title Patchy's Pick. Um, And then there's also several DVD and VHS versions, um, but the most notable one is the one that appears on the first 100 episodes DVD uh, and on the streaming service paramount plus formerly cbs all access rip to their horrible name um which is basically an exact copy of the original airing but the call-in number has been swapped out with a message that states yikes madey uh, original 800 number uh, as aired has been retired to davy jones locker so okay that's all i'm going to share uh, for now i have a couple more bonus trivias like i said but i will sprinkle those in um in the rest of the episode um so with that Uh, Let's please uh, all give a warm round of um, footstep sound effects for our guest, Grant Parks. Grant, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Good. Grant, um, first question, um, how cold is it in Minneapolis at the moment?
1: Don't even ask that question. It's just too cold right
0: now. (laughs) Very, very cold. Uh, It's currently one degree in Wisconsin. Uh, where I'm at and it's probably colder for Grant um, okay next question um, so of course uh, Grant is a friend of me and um, a, a fan of Spongebob those are kind of the two criteria to get on to the podcast for me and my friends talk about the making of and admiration for Spongebob Squarepants but Grant please tell us some um, um, what is your history with Spongebob did you start watching it w- when you were a kid um, why are you here today?
1: Yeah, I've always had like an interest in Spongebob ever since I was young. Um, Remember, you know, collecting VHS tapes of uh, Spongebob, making like my parents go to like Kmart or Target and always, um, you know, buy whatever VHS I could find. Or I guess at that point too, even like DVDs, Um, I was very much into watching it even after school Um, at my (laughs) I would go to elementary school and walk um, all the way to my babysitter's (laughs) and uh, um, go and, uh, watch you pick live. I mean, that was oh. uh, kind of a feature staple of, um, any kind of afternoon after uh, elementary school. And, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed SpongeBob there too. Um, watching it. So had some different, uh, ways to kind of access SpongeBob and enjoy SpongeBob and kind of collected some like different, uh, memorabilia, like wow. pillow covers and, yeah. uh, had uh let's see alarm clock a spongebob alarm clock that would have yeah yeah uh whenever um i woke up so i was kind of used to that and even yeah some other uh toys and you know collector's items too
0: wow yeah that's epic that's intense i so i assumed you know when you asked if you could be on the podcast that you liked spongebob but i had no idea that how how deep the uh the love for spongebob went so it sounds like you are not just, uh, you know, casual fan of SpongeBob, but that you have a pretty decent familiarity with Nickelodeon. the The brand is would you is would you say that's fair to say? Just because the specificness of or specificity, whatever word um, of what what was it called? You pick Nick you pick Live. You pick Live. yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's and you wild. remember like
1: Pickboy, you know, he was part of that. I honestly
0: don't remember. I believe you. And I in in doing research for this podcast and specifically um I I don't know why I go to this much trouble, but every episode it's fun for me to <clears throat> for the uh quote unquote commercial break. We don't really have commercials on this podcast, but for in between the segments, I always try and see if I can find like a a a commercial from the Actual date or month um, that that this episode that we're like talking about aired, and so I end up like sitting through tons of old Nickelodeon commercials, um, but I can't remember Pickboy. Anyway, so that's impressive. The reason I bring that up um, is because this episode, maybe more than any other SpongeBob episode, uh, is very like. No pun intended, but anchored to the Nickelodeon broadcasting like world, if that makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I guess we can uh jump into that now. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, but a couple things that I was mentioning about interesting about figuring out how to cover this. For one, I was like, do I include the patchy segments? Cause A, they don't really tie into the video a ton and B like, which one do I pick or whatever? So I I don't, we could talk about patchy but I don't actually have pulled clips from the patchy segments, mm-hmm. um, which just works out. Cause most of this is just the cartoon. Anyway, um, and then B, I, I will uh, play um, the alternate endings um, when we get to the end of the episode and we c- can uh, talk a little bit about that. But um, one fun thing I will say is that Patchy even like says at the end, like, okay, now the ending that you all voted for, we're about to show, and this will be the way that you see this episode from now on, which is just, I don't know, really fun- like. Because on one hand, he's like, so you guys got to be cartoon makers yourself, you know, Um, or he says something cute, like official cartoon decision makers or something. Um, But it also felt a little bit like, and we, the executives, are going to explain to you kids why you won't see this show ever again like you saw it, you know, (laughs) so you won't Hmm. be confused. So one more thing. I keep saying one more thing, but. The what's super interesting to me, um, uh, both these segments are really, really good. Um, but I honestly was surprised at how good both of them are because it's not just like, um, I mean, basically, the last time that we had a shortened SpongeBob short was for the pilot itself because, um, the, the pilot you know, you was eight minutes long, uh, help wanted. And then you've got the 11 minute long, um, tea at the tree dome where we are introduced to Sandy, but then you're left with, uh, what is that like three minutes that you have to fill? Well, that's like barely any time to do a cartoon segment, you know? And that's how we got, um, reef blowers, which is like a, I want to say like almost like a quote unquote silent film. There's no dialogue or anything, you know, and it's not bad by any means. It's like a very cute uh, show or whatever, but I wouldn't necessarily rank it in like my top tier of like best episodes ever. But, um, Gary takes a bath is very, very good. I think. And, um, it's just very interesting how you can even see how the structuring of a typical SpongeBob episode is changed some, uh, for, the medium of this like you know seven minute cartoon anyway i said a lot uh, but grant do you have any thoughts on any of the millions of things that i just barfed out of
1: my brain just now yeah i, I do have a couple of thoughts here one thing i just like love about this episode and particularly the beginning of it uh with patchy the pirate is it's almost like a you know lo- local access television show totally yeah no yeah. production values uh-huh. I mean, that's- that's what you just notice the costume design, the special effects, right. even like the lifting of the eye patch to reveal mm-hmm. a functioning. eye. <laughs> right, right. It just almost better this way to fulfill the comedic value of it, just to make it look very cheap and something that, you know, it looks like they put together at the last minute. Totally. Um, but with this too, I think what's interesting is the concepts that they had with the audience interaction and choosing right. the ultimate endings—it almost reminds me of Black Mirror and Oh, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That
1: that kind of concept of it, and really, you think at like the time this aired, reality television was like starting to get you know really take off. Right, like, right. We had a lot of you know reality shows, of course, like Survivor, and then I really think like of American Idol, where that was really like based on audience interaction, you know, you get to dial in, text in to vote. Right, to that right. you so it's kind of interesting looking at this for an animated show back in 2001, this uh-huh. kind of concept of like, Hey, let's choose the alternate, you know, let's choose the ending right. and have Like three to choose from. So I, I, I just think that really interesting for a show like 20 years ago to be doing something like that, kind of a, a novel concept. Totally. And Especially for a show that was really only like two years old at that point, as yeah,
0: well. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I I have a couple pet theories about that. Um, maybe three pet theories. For one, uh, re- re- well, I was going to say remind me, but I'm sure I'll remember about the alternate endings. I have a possibly cynical take <laughs> or thought on that when we get to that um uh, point in the episode. But two, um, something super interesting, uh, I think is that. I have kind of this pet theory that I think this might have been a turning point for Nickelodeon, not necessarily like this specific episode, but that this episode is a signifier of things happening at Nickelodeon where especially like, you know, I was surprised to read that, um, it, SpongeBob immediately had a cult following in season one, but it didn't become like the behemoth really until like, um late season 2 season 3 and then it was like on fire and then it really peaked at like the start of season 4 when it came back after the movie which makes sense like that the movie would kind of like you know fan all that into flames but um in my mind I just remember SpongeBob as, as like this has always been the biggest thing ever I can't even imagine a time where it you know wasn't uh, like Nickelodeon's Mickey Mouse basically but at the start it very much was not and Rugrats very much was like the thing at Nickelodeon um, and even in like looking at these like old commercials on Nickelodeon I'm like scrubbing through hours of commercials of, like why are there no Spongebob commercials and then I remember like oh yeah Spongebob was not nearly like the most popular cartoon at that point like and and it was like kind of unknown still so you just see tons more like Rugrats, Rocket power, you know, hey Arnold's, um, Rocco's modern life, stuff like that, yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so here, um so the first couple of years it feels like Nickelodeon doesn't know what they've got. They know that it's special and that's why it like exists at all, but here like cuz the conceit of it is like we need to get a ton of eyeballs onto this like network, how are we going to do that? Um and, you know, the safer bet would have been to do Rugrats or something like that. Like Rugrats Mm -hmm. has had, I think two movies at this point, or at least they're advertising for the second movie, but instead they're like this new SpongeBob cartoon, like kids like this and we can get, so anyway, that's kind of my pet theory of like this marks like, uh, Nickelodeon is about to start really
1: riding SpongeBob, um, as like their cash cow kind of, but and you, you just think too about it, like was this prompting like more audience engagement, like to right. really, you know garner more interest in that? And honestly, like one of the things that I just wrote down here that I think would be interesting to kind of research is what were the Nielsen ratings for SpongeBob? Yeah, uh huh. Nielsen is a ad firm or marketing firm right. that they they measure television audiences and how many people are viewing. But just at that point in time, like how many eyeballs were on this show? Right. Compared to, let's say, the top, you know, 10 or 15 cable shows. Right. Right. So I'm just thinking about that. Like, was that really something, you know, they felt like, hey, we need to get more engagement with this because there's already a lot with other Nicktoons at this point. Of course, you mentioned Rugrats, which had a huge following, too, Mm -hmm. at this point in um, 2001. Right. And had movies and everything. And there were some other shows too. I want to say, like even Fairly Odd Parents was uh-huh. trying to gain some interest, and yeah. I, so I'm just kind of wondering about that. You know, what you know, what prompted this move to have right. like some audience interaction with this particular episode of SpongeBob? Right. And something that wasn't consistent at all, of course.
0: Yeah, that's very very interesting. Um, well, that leads me into my next question um, naturally, uh, which is, did you? watch this when it first premiered no (laughs) neither did (laughs) i and i don't know anybody that did i mean maybe if i like tried more i could find somebody but what's interesting is that you know i don't know if we saw the same post but i've seen like posts like what you're describing well actually you haven't described what the post was um so i have no idea if it's like this but i've seen posts on like reddit or whatever of like did you know this episode originally aired where you could call in and everyone's like what so i'm like i i mean i don't know i i have to think that it must have been a success and yet i don't know anybody that was watching and like called in or whatever you know but yeah so should super fascinating.
1: It, should we tell the audience the 1-800 number to see if they want yeah, to call Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I'm sure that
0: you could find it. I'm sure there's recordings out there. But but yeah, so I never saw it. So it was pretty trippy going back in and uh, looking at it for this. But anyway, I'm trying to find, too, what, when Gary Takes a Bath first premiered. Because on one thing, I'm seeing July 2003. But that just can't be right. Whereas Shanghai premiered March 9th, 2001. And then this says the normal 15 minute version premiered March 10th. Mm, I'll have to do more research. So, yeah. or maybe they mean the end I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? More SpongeBob. That's what I say. Eh? Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's throw it to a quick break then. And when we come back, we will jump into Shanghai.
2: SpongeBob will be right back. On Nickelodeon. Oh, I gotta get a motor for this thing. Uh, oh, ahoy! It's me, Patsy the Pirate here, and I need your help! Ah, you can say that again! Potty, you're in my life! Get out of here! There's a brand new SpongeBob show called You Wish, with no ending, and it's up to you little landlubbers to fix it. You'll get your chance to either call in or... Oh, hold on. Ahoy! Hey. No, Mother, I told you never to call me at work. Yes, I'll be home for supper. Or log on to Nick.com and choose the ending that'll live on as long as the 60s. Or is it eight? Watch the special all-new episode of SpongeBob SquarePants where you pick the ending and we show it. It all happens Friday, March 9th at 8.30, 7.30 Central, on the network that gives you what you want, Nickelodeon. Uh, Just vote and I'll get an Atlas. Brought to you by Burger King. Dan and animals, and by America's dairy farmers and milk processors.
3: Now back to more SpongeBob on Nickelodeon. of eight essential prizes inside. Mm. Holy shrimp! Squidward! The sky had a baby for my cereal box!
4: Squidward! Squidward, the sky had a baby. It's not a baby. That's a giant anchor. Now, go away.
2: Hey, SpongeBob, the sky had a baby.
3: I know. What do you think we should name it?
4: How about... Why don't you two go climb its anchor rope? I'm sure it goes somewhere far away. Now <laughs> oh, look what you've done. We didn't do it, Squidward. Our hands are clean. Clean. Well, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this thing.
3: Wouldn't that be the top? Here we are with
0: Shanghai, uh, written by Aaron Springer, Carl Greenblatt, and Meriwether Williams. Uh, this episode premiered at um, some uh, indiscriminate date. Oh, no, no, it definitely premiered March 9th, 2001. Um, okay, this episode is so funny. And last episode, I said to Carl, uh, like, I, I think that maybe Paul Tibbetts' episodes are my favorite. And now I'm really torn because... Aaron uh, Springer and Carl Greenblatt make some very funny, very insane, bizarre, weird, funny episodes. So I love this so much Um, for the listener. um, Maybe like I uh, was like, I did not remember the Patch of the Pirate opening um, when I started watching this episode. I did remember the house sinking for some reason, because I don't know, that was like very funny to me. But then Spongebob Eating cereal at the start I don't know why but I had completely forgotten uh, That like opening uh, Scene or whatever Um, And so maybe for the listener you're like uh, Not insane like me and and you do Remember most of this episode but if you Don't you have to go and watch this because There are so and I'm going to try and Make a point to like shout out all the visual Things in this episode but there are So many hilarious Visual jokes um, And specifically Spongebob Like, I, I, I had a, a note in my notes somewhere that like it feels there's a Venn diagram and maybe some people fit into the middle of this Venn diagram like I do. But uh, if you're a fan of SpongeBob and Adventure Time, there are some episodes of SpongeBob that feel very Adventure Time. And I know that some writers uh, from SpongeBob went on to work on Adventure Time, so I'd be curious to see like what that overlap is. But just like how visual it is, how patient and silent it is, like we're just watching SpongeBob pour cereal, and specifically like so freaking funny that he like looks annoyed and like bats the cereal box and then just immediately a giant freaking anchor just blasts through the ceiling (laughs) of his house is very very funny to
1: me but grant what do you think of the opening of this episode I think it's just funny that Spongebob is more surprised than angry that there's a giant right. <laughs> demolishing his house. How good is the line delivery on? Holy
2: shrimp. Like- this
1: guy had a baby. Right. Yeah. And that's just like a classic quote too. You know, just, I don't know why. Totally. When I think of this episode, I think of that quote. It goes directly to that.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I agree. The um, opening of this episode reminds me so much Um And I honestly like the interaction throughout the entire episode uh, remind me so much of uh, the episode Squidville. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm pulling it up because I think that maybe it was written. No, it wasn't. It was written by Paul Tibbet and Walt Dorn. I'm a Brangus. See, I'm not an expert in SpongeBob. I'm a
1: fraud. (laughs)
0: <laughs> don't be so oh no no i was wrong i trusted wikipedia and i shouldn't have it was written by aaron springer and carl greenblatt so there you go and uh uh, uh meriwether williams um so yeah they are just so good at writing like um i always want to say aloof but aloof isn't the right word um this is what i think the word aloof should mean of like kind of like not ditzy but just like carefree and like kind of in a in, in a different world you know um mm-hmm. and just like you know um devil may care attitude but not in like a cool way you know Because aloof actually means, like, I'm cool and distant or whatever. But they're so good at writing them like that. And then it just makes it so freaking funny when, like, just insane things are happening and Squidward is the only one responding to them as a normal person would. Um, And SpongeBob and Patrick are just like, you know, SpongeBob... Unbothered Patrick, like actually just like in a different world. Like he's like his eyes are so just like glazed over and blank, and
1: yeah, it's just very, very funny. And you notice that in this episode, I think that's one of the things that's kind of unique with Patrick in this episode, especially. Right. Uh-huh. His eyes are like just half closed the entire yeah, time. Exactly. Uh uh-huh. tired, he doesn't really care that he's on this ghost ship. uh uh-huh. I think it's like an interesting, you know, kind of if you balance it out, like look at Squidward's reaction
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: how you see Patrick is reacting.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just
1: like, you know, he he doesn't really care, you know. Right. And right. He's just not into it. Into uh-huh. really. And I, you know, there's some episodes where you kind of see like a different side of Patrick. Yeah. Uh-huh this reminds me of almost like the secret box episode mm, where you mm-hmm. see this like, conniving kind of like clever Patrick? Yeah. And, you know, here you almost see that a little bit where he's just like, oh, I'm not scared. Totally. That's the worst that could happen. You know, he
0: has a line in this episode that felt very much like the uh, secret box episode that I'll have to, we'll see if I remember it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. And if you just think back to Squidville, the way that that episode opens with uh literally you know debris raining from the sky similar to this one and squidward is just at the end of his rope and then like he's freaking out at the tv first when everything's raining um sponge or uh, patrick rather his eyes are half closed like you're describing and he kind of like holds his hands up like you would if if you're like, oh, I think it's raining. But there's like literal, you know, debris from Squidward's house falling onto them. Um, And then his like disdain for the situation when he like, I hate
1: this channel.
0: It's like very (laughs) similar to the attitude that he has throughout this, you know?
1: Um, So yeah. I'm even even referring to the other secret box that he, you know, has where he has- Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. SpongeBob from the Christmas Uh party. That's super embarrassing. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. But you could also say that episode too. Definitely totally.
0: Quote, oh, no, yeah, no. I thought of that episode that you're describing too. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see if I can. I wrote down something that he says in this episode that I thought was so funny, but but we'll see. I'm scanning my notes right now to see if I can find it right now, but I'm not seeing it. But um, he says because in in secret box he says the inner mechanisms of my mind are an enigma. And he has like a very similar line in this episode where it's like, you look at him and you're like, you are a space cadet. You are not in the same conversation as us, but then he'll drop a word of wisdom like that as if like, he's the smartest guy
1: in the room. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's, I think a couple of times that comes up here too. And then just some like straight, like, uh, uh-huh. things that he says. Right. <laughs>
0: totally. So I love as they're uh, climbing the rope up to the top, you know, our French narrator says a few inches later... Um, and I love that, like the entire time they're like, whose boat is this? And me, the viewer is like, this is so obviously the flying Dutchman, which is like really funny to me. It's effective. Um, but then I forgot that they like lean into that when they get onto the ship. Uh, and, and SpongeBob is like, I swear, I know whose boat this is. And it's like, well, obviously like that would be the most traumatic life event when the flying Dutch literally has visited you on two separate occasions, you know, um, in Scaredy Pants and in the episode ARG, um, which is super funny. Um, but so Squidward, you know, is being a real Karen uh and um is trying to get to the bottom of of just who dropped an anchor on his house.
2: Who made <laughs> The flying
4: Dutchman in his own lair. It's Squidward. He wants to complain to you. I, 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 no, I, I, I don't.
3: Well, what about all that stuff about him having a dirty ship and being lazy and all?
4: <laughs> I never said that.
2: Insulting a man's ship. Be worse than insulting his mother.
3: No, no, wait, it was his mother you said was dirty, not his ship.
2: <laughs> Ow. You're next. <laughs> that, was that was a, a close, close one. one. Welcome back!
3: Ah! That was a closer one!
4: Welcome back! Ah! Hey, how come when they act up, all they get is the welcome wagon? If you ask me, it's... So, are you gonna
2: try that again? Probably. (laughs) How about now? Um... No, no, they're not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, now we're really into like uh kind of the premise of the episode so grant what do you think of this scene
1: i love how squidward has to take the brunt of right. all of the flying dutchman's anger <laughs> Uh And it's Patrick who doesn't even realize the consequences of his actions (laughs) that he's hurting. He's just just very careless about that. Yeah,
0: I love it so much. Yeah, I had in my notes. I love uh, that Squidward is aware of how, how unfair the rules of this show are and that like he literally does bear the brunt of every poor decision that spongebob and patrick make um and it's so on the nose and like almost like a wink and a nod to the audience you know Mm -hmm. i also love the conceit of this like hellish like eternal ship you know um it's just like such a cute little design that like they jump off the ship and keep landing on back on like the deck of the ship and then uh it also got a chuckle out of me that he's like, Oh, the red Baron, that's who you are. Like, <laughs> it's just very, very funny. Yeah. And then of course, uh, they get, um, cursed to, uh, be on his, uh, ship on his crew, um, forever. made me very curious uh, to research more the, the actual history of, um, the flying Dutchman. And cause obviously that's kind of like a, a plot point in the parts of the Caribbean films, which I wouldn't say are, you know, the most faithful to the actual like mythology in history or whatever. But so I'm curious what, like the actual,
1: whatever, blah, 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 Yeah. But well, I could go into that a little bit too here. I found a little bit of information about that. Oh, please because do. What, yeah. I was kind of curious about like, where did this come from this concept of the flying Dutchman? Yeah. Yeah. and It dates back to, I believe the 17th century at mm. the height of Dutch maritime power and Stories particularly begin to circulate near the Cape of Good Hope. And that's in present day South Africa, believe near Cape Town, South Africa. And this was a pretty common route for ships that went from Europe to Mm -hmm. Asia. Mm -hmm. And there was one ship in particular that didn't fare so well in this journey. And the captain of this ship was Hendrik van der Decken, a.k.a. the Dutchman, uh, departed Amsterdam for the East Indies, Dutch Mm -hmm. East Indies. This would be present day Indonesia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he, on his way back, uh, loaded his ship up a course of spices, silks and dyes to sell back in the Netherlands and set his return course to Amsterdam in mm-hmm. 1641.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when his ship rounded the Cape of good hope, a storm out of nowhere suddenly came upon his crew and himself and his crew begged him to reverse course. And he ordered them to continue to move into the gale. And mm-hmm. some believe Vanderdecken was mad, while others believe he was drunk, potentially. Hmm. So as he refused to turn a ship around, the vessel sank to the bottom of the ocean. And from this story came the curse of the Flying Dutchman. So this occurred in the 17th century, but was only written down in the late 18th century. Huh and first emerged them. And it kind of grew into its own with an opera by Richard Wagner in 1843 called The Flying Dutchman. Hmm. And this opera states that the Cursed Dutchman is eternally damned for flying through the storm. And there's also myths out there and reports, even in the 1800s, that those that ran into his ship or would see the ship were cursed as well huh. it was kind of just a bad omen yeah and yeah so there's kind of some odd reports out there um that like some ships saw this during the 1800s yeah so there's huh. just this kind of myth i mean it's not like anything solid but just this kind of idea like oh it's just out there and you have to you know avoid seeing the flying dutchman right awesome. pretty wild pretty crazy pretty wild. stuff grant yep It's amazing how Legend kind of just comes into its own. Right.
0: That's great. I I was purposely keeping it vague so that I could put that research into Trivia Clock after I had done the research, but you did the work for me. So thank you. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, after this, uh, they get explained to them um, that they are now doomed to be a part of the crew forever.
2: You're part of my crew now, and our job is to sail around and frighten people. It'll be grueling, mind-numbing, and
4: repetitive, just like daytime television. Now, you listen here, mister. If you think I'm gonna spend more than five minutes on this dumpster, then you're crazy. I mean, look at this place. It's disgusting. Whoever told you that hanging uh. oil lamps next to hardwood paneling was a good idea? <laughs> oh, now what? I suppose you're gonna show me? Oh, 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 gee, that's very nice. Oh, what is this, some kind of magic act? <laughs>
2: Would anyone else like to enter the fly of despair?
3: No. We know our place now, Mr. Dutchman.
2: We'll do anything you say.
0: (laughs) There's something so cute about SpongeBob and Patrick being terrified and being held captive. I don't know what it is, but this scene is so disturbing to me. In the best way, but holy crap. Like, I wrote down that this is straight up like some, like, Rick and Morty, Courage the Cowardly Dog level, like disturbing visuals of Squidward just falling through space and time in this like hellscape in the uh what are the what's he call it the fly of despair? Fly of despair. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I have this itching suspicion. To the listener, please write in or tweet at Taika Waititi so that we can get at the bottom of this. But this specific plot point. Is so similar to a plot point in the film Thor Ragnarok, where Loki gets uh sent into like a, a falling pit for like 30 minutes or something, a bottomless pit. Um mm-hmm. anyway. What did you think of this scene, Grant?
1: Yeah, it's just like hard to even describe to the audience. Like you just right. have to watch it. Just the animation is so unique. I kind of wonder what the creators were thinking. Like right. How do you, yeah, it's just like, how do you get this, you know, product of like just Uh Polish nightmare, you know, fly of despair? Yeah,
0: it's kind of like Tim Burton-esque almost, like Mm Beetlejuice-esque. And it's disturbing enough as is with Squidward just like falling through this like horrifying backdrop. But then that they cut to a 100% painted like shot. Of looking back up through the the fly of despair and it's Spongebob and Patrick just looking traumatized at like what's happened to Squidward. And then they're not like, please bring Squidward back, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess not
1: like they're not like concerned at all about it. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Like I guess later SpongeBob will, will show his uh concern for Squidward kind of. But yeah. but in the moment, they're just like, We don't want that to happen to us, you know. So yep. that's just so freaking funny to me. SpongeBob uh, is pumped that he gets a, a real life ghost mop um, and Patrick gets a hat, which is just so funny to me, continuing this uh, uh, staple of the series in that Patrick receives things that he thinks are hats and then immediately places them onto his head. And then here we start to see kind of like, again, the attitude that we were describing earlier where, you know, the Flying Dutchman is asking them, like, I want you to uh, make the ship look good and scary. And SpongeBob is very hung up on like, wait, do you want us to make it look good and scary? Do you want it to look, be so good that it's scary? Or do it's you want it to be so scary? Good. Yeah, or so scary that they forget that it doesn't look good. And then Patrick, again, with the half closed eyes, is like, no, he means this. And it's just like, <laughs> looks so disinterested in the situation, um, which is so fun. And it, it, in a lot of ways, this is similar to uh, the episode two weeks ago where we had uh, Merman, in that, you know, Merman is like, outsmarting them, but Merman is unprepared for just how insufferable SpongeBob and Patrick is. And likewise, the Flying Dutchman can't even like really haunt these two because they're just so in a different world that they they don't know to be scared all of the time, you know. Yeah. Um they're too excited about being like crew members on his ship now, which I love. Something else unique about this episode is that There are at at least, at the very least, three separate moments, probably more, where when I'm like... Oh, when I'm thinking, oh, this is the definitive moment of this episode. This is what people know it by or whatever. Um, I just kept coming across scenes where I'm like, oh, this is the scene. And then there's just another one and another one, and another one. And they're just so freaking funny and so memorable. And I think that this next one uh, is the first of like, in my mind, the major three of the Trinity of like what makes this episode. So. Memorable in my mind. Um, the Flying Dutchman is stoked and wants to call into the night with his new crew members.
2: What a night, be this! Crew, howl with me so that we might set the seven seas ablaze with fear. Ow!
4: Ah!
2: Leedle, leedle. Ow! Ah! Leedle, leedle. I don't
4: know
2: (laughs)
0: Like (laughs) just the patience on that. Like they're silent for a long time. (laughs) Like just like letting it sit. Uh, And then of course just yeah. The number of times that I've heard people quote that, like, leada, leada. like specifically,
1: it's so perfect. You know, you just notice this part of the episode, you get to this part, and you, you can tell, like, the Dutchman is starting to show a little bit of, like, really? you know, <laughs> He's these over are it. crew remembers, uh-huh. like, remember, like right. I have to deal with this. right. <laughs> right.
0: I love it so much. And then um, I don't have uh, the audio pulled from this, but um, I laughed so hard at, you know, the Flying Dutchman handing a telescope to SpongeBob and being like, all right, now you decide who we're going to hunt first. And for one that he like puts it on the ground and spins it, like spin the bottle made me laugh very hard. But then it lands and he's like that one. And it's just this giant ripped guy like with tattoos and just huge muscles. And we kind of see that like the flying Dutchman isn't like all that he's like making himself out to me. Cause he's like, uh, and then quick nudges the telescope and then, uh, lands on this kid. That's like much more suitable um, yeah. for the flying Dutchman to haunt. And then I wrote down, this made me laugh so hard. And I don't know if this was specifically, um, Carl or Aaron that wrote this line, but the kid saying I had four biscuits. Then I ate one. Then I only had three. Is so specific and so funny to express like how innocent this child is
1: by comparison. So I love it, and it's like the kid is just talking about like a math problem, now, <laughs> right. like a basic arithmetic uh-huh. problem. But we also see here too with the Flying Dutchman. Mm. What's so funny is apparently he's not tough enough for the Salty's petticoat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Is this
0: this surely has to be one of the guys that went to the salty Splatoon, Right.
1: Yeah. He's just like a recurring character that just pops uh-huh. up from time to time. Tough guy. <laughs> I guess like just fill in like we need a tough guy. That's who they fill in with.
0: Right. He always looks like his neck is like so strained. Like he's just permanently in this like flexing his entire body. I love it. Okay. Well, so this next scene is uh, number two of, uh, in my mind, the trinity of classic um, scenes.
2: Big one, take us behind those rocks. Moving behind the rocks.
3: Keep going. You're good. You're good. You're good. And stop. Don't worry, Captain. We'll buff out those scratches. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's such a short
0: scene, but it's so freaking funny. I just... I don't, I, this has got to be one of the most quoted lines that I hear today, um, from SpongeBob, just keep going. You're good. You're good. good. And then that they like know to just keep coming back to it. It'll just get spliced in a couple more times in between shots of SpongeBob. You're good. You're good. Just completely demolishing his ship. It's just
1: very, very funny. What's interesting about this part is it. May reference some of the legends of Flying oh. Dutchmen in terms of having witnessed the ship. Uh-huh. And some of the reports of those who saw the ship itself back in the 1800s, 1900s, is that when they saw it, it was running into rocks.
2: Oh. And it was a
1: bad omen. It usually meant that their ship may be upon some kind of curse too. So I'm not sure if there's like a direct linkage there with this whole myth of if you see the ghost ship and it's running ground into the coast or into rocks on the (laughs) coast, Uh you know, it could be part of, you know, just the whole mythology around it where then you're going to be struck by something bad too. And it kind of makes sense with this whole scene because Unfortunately, the Dutchman is not having good luck with these two crew members. Right. right. Yeah, the that's rocks. true. Yeah. yeah, they're running to the rocks and, you know, I mean, they really aren't going anywhere. Uh huh. <laughs> that's so funny. Literally and figuratively. Uh, right. At least the Flying Dutchman is with both Patrick and SpongeBob.
0: Uh-huh. I love to. Yeah, I'm looking at a screenshot of a uh, Flying Dutchman just looking unamused as, like, Wood just flies off of the ship and a literal whole window and glass pane is, like, flying past him. But, yeah, that's such, like, a specific bit of trivia that it makes you think, like, they must have known, right, you know? Mm -hmm. But, But then just, like, a perfect example of the sort of thing that, like, if that is intentional, like, it's, like, kind of like that in the show, but they just kind of loosely draw from it, and that's very funny. That's also, like, speaks to... When you know those things about like um nautical history or whatever mm-hmm. um it makes the show so much more like delightful of like that was such like a clever spin or whatever on uh that like piece of history um the one of the other things about this episode is I mean it's already like a longer episode right but mm-hmm. I am like you know usually I I love every episode of SpongeBob but often there are joke heavy parts of an episode that lend themselves well to, um, pulling for, you know, um, using like as audio clips, but this episode just has so many good jokes, joke after joke, after joke, it was very, very difficult. So some of these scenes, I don't know if I should apologize to the listeners, um, or say you're welcome, but they come, uh, pretty quickly after each other, but there's a classic line in this next one, not part of the Trinity in my mind. But a classic line in this um, where they finally actually try to attempt to do their first haunting
2: prepare to be burdened with the haunting memory of my ghostly ghost pirates
3: was that the signal (laughs) okay sorry sorry just just do it again (laughs) with the
2: haunting memory of my ghostly ghost pirates How does he do that? Get back on the ship. It's still a mystery. mystery. Those guys are dorks. Yes, but they're my dorks.
0: (laughs) That whole scene is very, very funny. And I remember uh, recreating that many times as a child. Ooh, how does he do that? But then... That line at the end there, those guys are dorks. Yes, but they're my dorks is a line that I quote very much still to this day. What do you think of this scene,
1: Grant? Well, I was going to ask too, do you think it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's not super controversial, but just the fact that they're scaring a child, you know?
0: Right, right, and, right. Well, you know, it's interesting. So I think that they're scaring a child partly, you know, is The obvious reason of, like, the Flying Dutchman is just, like, not confident in his ability to, like, scare somebody who could actually just, like, take him on. Um, But then it reminds me, and I don't know if this is intentional, but it reminds me of the episode SpongeBob Scaredy Pants, um, where obviously he and Patrick try to uh, spook people. And I got to think that they had to have known... You know, sometimes he's like super deep cuts, like callbacks. I'm like, well, maybe it's not on every single writer's mind. But when the Flying Dutchman has only appeared a handful of times so far, I got to think that they must have known. And obviously, in that episode, um, it's uh, SpongeBob is being the Flying Dutchman, um, and Patrick is being the Flying Dutchman's best friend, and he's wearing like little clogs or whatever because he's a Dutch man, you know. Um, <laughs> but they they try to scare kids in that too, and so part of me wonders, like, is this like a reference to that, like jumping out of the bushes to scare these kids? But now they're doing it with the real Dutchman. Um, there were three different moments that I felt like specific callbacks to reward the like fans of the show um from Spongebob Scaredy Pants arg and the golden spatula um which I'll shout out later but um yeah I don't know it's very funny though and then uh I don't have audio from this cuz it's uh, you know no dialogue but so freaking funny every single moment of them haunting other people was so funny to me um you know they jump out and scare a woman walking like at night um and uh uh, spongebob is blowing bubbles and patrick is like waving one of those you know wiggly things that makes the sound of like thunder for um uh radio broadcast radio shows uh, do you remember a uh, specific callback but 40 art in high school our like computer arts class grant yes do you remember how our teacher had a strict rule that you weren't allowed to wiggle the uh 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 mat, what was it called mat board that we would like uh Mount all of our projects on. Do you remember this? Every time you finish a project, you had to print it out and then cut out. Was it foam board? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Some oh. material like that. And you had to, you know, keep it yeah. in place. And-
0: but she had a very specific rule. If she heard anyone like, r, 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 like wiggling it, she'd be like, who's doing that? That's not allowed in my classroom. And great teacher. Not making fun of her, but yeah, that's what teacher. this scene always <laughs> makes me think of. Um, laughed very, very hard at uh, Larry, the lobster jogging. And Flying Dutchman flies through a wall. <laughs> and then just like within a frame, SpongeBob and Patrick's uh, indentations are just coming out of this metal wall that they tried to fly through. And then the scene of them spinning on the ice instead of their heads spinning around is so funny. I cannot emphasize
1: enough. But yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so funny to see him like try and imitate. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> imitate the Flying Dutchman. Uh-huh. hey i guess that's a serious form of flattery right right to basically him. Yeah. uh but like in totally off way of course right yeah, i think that's scary at all but right and they're just like missing the mark completely mm-hmm. and they're so
0: into it they just have the biggest smiles on their faces like as they're doing it which i love so then um, they uh, were back on uh, the Flying Dutchman's flying ghost ship um, and they're back in his, um, you know, one of the rooms in there. I love the detail of they've painted the uh, ice skates uh, like hanging on the and, wall behind them. Yeah. And I noticed that it's like
1: they, yeah. they, like they took them from their ship and right. they, took, they brought them <laughs> went down just to uh-huh. do that one scene. And that's yeah. when you like notice, like right, right off of seeing this. Uh, right. This, Part of the uh, episode,
0: uh huh, and like they don't draw attention to it, but it's just like a little reward if it's you just catch it, yeah. But then, um, <laughs> they're like very on the nose, like, "Oh man, I wonder why the Flying Dutchman had us come back here," you know. Um, and then uh, he lets them know things are not working out.
2: Uh, this whole crew for eternity thing isn't working out. It's not really you uh, so much as it is me. You're setting us free. Well, actually, I'm just gonna eat you. See you at dinner. Wait, I have an idea.
3: Really? What is it?
2: Let's leave.
3: But the door (laughs) is locked. And the only way out is through the... Perfume department.
2: Let's do it. (laughs)
3: I always hate going in there,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that is the third wing of the trifecta of perfect scenes in this, in my personal favorite scene in this entire episode i lost my freaking mind when i first saw that when i was a kid like that it's like completely live action it doesn't make any sense this very much is like the reason why my humor is what it is today because the absurdity of just like what what would be the worst thing that they would have to run through oh of course the perfume department at like their local mall or like jc pennies <laughs> or whatever which then yeah. because of that informed whenever i would go to the mall i had like a slight fear of like is this gonna happen like are they gonna like force perfume on me you know and i just it's <laughs> so freaking funny like Obviously the stuff, but then at one point, Patrick is wearing a gas mask and a human hand reaches out and rips it off of his mask. And then another hand comes up and sprays him in the face. It's just so funny. And then of course, SpongeBob trying to like leap over a cloud of perfume, like Matrix style, and then just getting slammed in the face again. And then just like the subtlety. like
1: yeah yeah i was just like oh that's like the matrix right uh like just going through the perfume department Uh uh-huh
0: it's so funny and then the understated like i I hate going in there it's so funny to me
1: (laughs) i'll point out a couple of things here too just like patrick stating the obvious (laughs) yeah uh i got an idea you think
0: he's gonna say something like really clever that he thought
1: up clever sophisticated no it's let's, uh-huh. leave. <laughs> let's leave let's oh leave God. and then spongebob doesn't even like refute that at all like he's no, just like, of course. Oh, yeah the door's locked now we have to go uh-huh. to the perfume department like doesn't even really you know like have uh-huh. anything like no rebuke of that whatsoever right just really falls in line with that statement right right and I, just that like that quote Is like if you had to just, you know, Uh a quote of any to describe Patrick Star. Exactly. That might have to be it there.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say this is a master class in writing Patrick and Spongebob playing off of Patrick because Patrick is just saying it like it is like he's presenting it as if he's come up with an idea and now he's like giving it to the world, you know, and Spongebob neither is like, well. Obviously, Patrick. That's what we were trying to do earlier when we were jumping off the side of the ship. Nor is he like, "You're a genius," you know. Though, of course, sometimes you know he will be like, "Patrick, you're right, and that's so smart, or whatever." But he just like, you know, it's just like, I don't. He just runs with it because in his yeah. mind, SpongeBob does not see Patrick as like stupid or beneath him or anything. It, it's just, it's so great. This kind of affirms it
1: by just going along with it.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, he's like, okay, that's a great idea, and then he just keep going, which speaks to as well like the the way that each character is written throughout the entire episode. Like we were describing at the at the top, mm-hmm. Squidward is freaking out. Patrick is not even there, and SpongeBob. It's not that he's not there, but he's just not like bothered. He's obviously scared, but like he's kind of just. SpongeBob observes, you know, like he's just taking in the world. I feel like I just had like an epiphany. He's just taking in the world and then responding to things as he's learning about it, which is, you know, that like is where his joy comes from is that based on his observations, like at some point he saw somebody when he was ordering food at a fast food restaurant, he saw somebody working in the back, making the cheeseburgers and thought like, that's a job. You can work to make cheeseburgers. You know, he saw an adult with the mustache and is like, I want to have a mustache when I grow up. And so all these mundane things are just like the things that, you know, give him gusto. And so when he's put into like a compromising situation like this, he's never, he doesn't have like prejudices, disease that he's like judging everybody. Yeah. Biases. Yeah. Words. But I (laughs) just, I love it so much. It's
1: so good. So here's a question. Have you ever been to I I was going to ask, have you ever been to the local perfume department recently? Not recent. No, Oh no, I haven't. How do they do that in the age of covid? Well, it's it's not as bad when you're wearing a mask now. It's you just walk right through. But yeah, I mean, I don't just this entire concept of like going through a perfume department. I mean, I can think of worse places to be, but. Right. You know, even like in normal times, just them like spraying you with different perfume. I mean, that obviously is annoying. Uh-huh. <laughs> if or you offering it up, I should say. Right. And right. Ha- I think that's happened a few times if I've ever gone into like a JC or a Macy. Uh-huh. But at least when you're wearing a mask now, you can avoid it to some right. extent. Right. <laughs>
0: Unless they pull it off your face,
1: a la Patrick, yeah. You know? Uh yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I just like how they create, you know, this kind of like innocent, right? Uh, innocent place. Uh-huh. And they make it into something that's terrible, you know, wearing a, you know, a gas right. mask. And right. What's so funny about this scene is it interplays with this real world footage. Right. Of A perfume department and real humans walking around, Uh not an aquatic scene underwater, but an actual perfume department. It's just
0: the perfume department, you know? Like, you can see, like, they write down, you know, they write down the line, we'll have to go through the perfume department, and then it's like, and then they go through the perfume department. Not the bikini bottom version of the, it's just the, you know, just, like, describing, like... And that's one of the things that makes SpongeBob so timeless and funny uh, and endearing is the observation of, like, the banality, the mundanity of just real life. Like, earlier we had um, a joke that was not even delivered as a joke, but, you know, uh, the Flying Dutchman is like, you're going to have to endure the same thing every day, day in and day out. It'll be like daytime television. And it's just like... It's such an odd non sequitur to just throw in there. But you're just like, yeah, daytime television. Like there's a moment um, two or three weeks ago with uh, uh, when um, on the episode No Free Rides where SpongeBob has to go through like a field of cheese graters, um, uh, giant clams, I think. And then (laughs) educational television is the third horrible thing Mm -hmm. that he has to endure. I just love like and then, of course, I I have to observe out loud that the perfume department is such a quaint like it's from a bygone era of like shopping malls which i think already were kind of on their way out (laughs) in like the early 2000s when this show or when this episode premiered um yeah but yeah it just makes it it gives it an extra layer of like almost as if the mall is in its own right sort of this like uh graveyard the ship landing of like no one goes to the mall to hang out anymore, but this outlet mall is like just hanging in there somehow and to have to walk through there, especially if you're being forced to like shop with your mom or something. It's just anyway,
1: what I would just note too, is just the quote at the end when uh-huh. they plop out of the perfume department? <laughs> yeah. I always uh-huh. keep going in there as if yeah. they have to do that frequently.
0: Yes, exactly. It's just so funny. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, speaking of cute and endearing, um, they obviously make it out of the perfume department and then, um, are like, wait, listen, and then they can hear, uh, it's very cute. Um, the flying Dutchman is like recording onto his own little tape deck, like his plans for the day. He's got an audio diary, which is perfect for, uh, you know, screenplay writing, um, moving the plot along uh, in exposition, but um, he's describing how he's uh, going to eat his uh, crew members tonight for dinner um, and how he's got his favorite dining sock. Earlier, I referenced um, that this episode references ARG. Um, It was incorrect. Uh, Of course, The Flying Dutchman is in the episode ARG, but I was thinking of uh, the episode Your Shoes Untied, (laughs) where um, SpongeBob is trying to find uh, who can tie a knot the flying Dutchman comes down from on high um, and shows him all these different uh, knots that he can tie. Like the, is it the monkey knot is one of them? The poop loop uh, it makes a giggle. But then he's like, so you can tell me how to tie my shoes. And he's like, oh, I don't wear shoes. I just wear this little tube sock. And so just like really cute, like world building of like, oh yeah, it's his tube sock. Like that's the only article of clothing that he wears other than his like ghostly apparatus, you know? Yeah. But then very cute they they grab it um and then are on the run he he like looks away and then looks back and the tube stock is gone <laughs> and i just love it's so freaking cute but the image of he looks up and spongebob and patrick's just little eyes are just peeping out through the window like staring at him to see if he notices <laughs> and then they immediately <laughs> run it's very funny
2: give me back my Everyone knows I can't eat without it. Never. Okay, then. Give it to me. No! Wait, you're stretching out the elastic. It would seem we have reached an impasse. Big one is right. Tell you what, you give me back the sock, and I'll give you three wishes. Make it five. Four. Three. Take it or leave it. Okay. Uh, three. You get three wishes.
3: Wow, three wishes, Pat. Isn't that great?
2: Wishes?
3: I wish we had known that earlier. Okay, you got two
2: wishes left.
3: Well, we still have two more. How exciting! I wish Squidward were here to see this.
2: (laughs)
4: boy, I'm glad all that's over. Squidward, you're back.
3: back! Guess what? The Dutchman gave us three wishes. Patrick used the first one and I guess
4: I just used the second one. Well then, the last one you owe me because you got me back into this mess. Wait, I think it belongs to me that because I didn't right, really get a real, it real right. wish. No, so, mine. Mine. so why I should
2: I get a wish? Ah, Tina! Using my mystic otherworldly powers, I shall decide who gets the last wish.
0: And that catches us up to almost the end of the episode. There's just so much to shout out about this scene. It's so funny. For one, of course, just so cute. Them like sprinting to get away from the Flying Dutchman carrying his tube sock. He's like, give me back my sock. And then that he's about to fry SpongeBob, you know? I just thought it was so clever and so cute that he just, like, quickly throws up the tube sock to protect
1: himself and the flame stops midair. I love it. One of my favorite quotes, and probably maybe lesser known quotes of Patrick, too, from this episode... Uh Uh-huh. it seems we have reached an impasse.
0: That's the line. He, That's the line I was trying to think of earlier. Just like,
1: it, uh-huh. it's so. it's so funny because it's just <laughs> him coming into the situation, <laughs> you know, and interjecting himself. And yes. Judgment is like convinced by that. He's like, right? yeah, actually it seems like we have reached an impasse here. Right. This big one is right.
0: Right. Right. I, I also love, he consistently through the whole episode just calls him big one. I forgot to shout it out earlier, but like earlier, he's like, big one, take us behind those rocks, you know? And then just, yeah, big one is right. And I also love, it's not as if there's like, they're shouting back and forth, you know? Um, I mean, I guess they are a little bit like, stop, you're going to, you're going to, you're tearing out the elastic, you know, but then just so quickly Patrick interjects himself, uh it seems we have reached an impasse and that is of course what i was referring to earlier with the very the inner mechanicians of my mind are an enigma type line <laughs> which i love and then uh, um earlier i said golden spatula i've been playing um battle for bikini bottom a lot lately on the nintendo switch the remake of the gamecube ps2 xbox classic so that's on my mind right now but what i meant was Neptune spatula. I love, 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 love this reference of, like, this otherworldly being, this, like, you know, uh, giant uh, behemoth, basically a god in front of them. Obviously, in the last one, it was a literal god. But then here, um, like, the Flying Dutchman is, like, telling them how it is. And Patrick is so emboldened, like, five like we, I think we deserve five wishes. And of course, um, you know, in the last one, it was the challenges and we're going to get this one more time, which I just so love. Um, and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, uh, <laughs> like you have what? 10 days to get the crown. We can do it in five, four, <laughs> like, that's very, very funny. I love Patrick and his, um, his bartering. It was so hilarious The like, I wish we had known that earlier the clock just tick, and then it's just earlier and I I laughed very very hard I know I say this a lot but I'm trying to shout out you know because I'm smiling through every episode of spongebob usually and like the really good ones I've got like a big grin on my face the entire time but there are times where I like like very like I give a very hearty laugh it like catches me off guard and um, they're like tick it's back earlier and Spongebob just looked so pissed looking up at Patrick, and Patrick just has the goofiest smile with, like, giant teeth sticking out. It is so funny.
1: I think a couple of things here, too, I would add. Mm-hmm. There was a reference, a, an Aladdin reference here. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, because of the wishes? The wishes,
0: yes. The three wishes. Yes. right, right. I love that, like, just for no reason, he becomes a genie, you know? Like... It's not projected at all. It's not like, uh, or tele, 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 telegraphed. I'm trying to sound smart and I'm failing, Um, but yeah, falling Dutchman is a genie now and he grants them three wishes, which is hilarious. And I I also love uh, that Squidward, when he's falling, the background has now
1: changed to spaghetti, which (laughs) is just very stupid and funny. I mean, you just like entirely forget about Squidward and what's, Right? happening with him and his situation. And uh-huh. all of a sudden he reappears, especially when they don't elicit much concern at all for him. Totally. The uh-huh. episode. And then he's just like, you know, appears again, right. you know, by, by wish. Uh-huh. It's so strange. It's just like, Oh, we're going to forget about him completely. And then, Oh, now we suddenly care about him. Uh
0: uh-huh. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah. You word that perfectly because the way that he says it, He's not like heartbroken, like, oh, and we lost Squidward today. He's just like, man, I wish Squidward could be here, as if they weren't like partly responsible for Squidward getting thrown into the fly of despair. But then I also love they could have just had him screaming in the like eternal pit and then fall back on the ship, but that they choose to have him fall back into the comfort of his own bed and then get snapped back onto the ship. It's just so extra cool or cruel, not cool. Um, and very, very funny. Um, Squidward shows up and he's like, Hey, Squidward, we have three wishes. And it's just really cute that he holds up his three fingers. And of course, SpongeBob, like most cartoons only has four fingers. So it's cute. And then I just love how it's like the scene clearly calls for, they start arguing over who gets the wishes and it's not actually like Warranted the response that Patrick has, but it's just like, you know, I don't want to say lazy writing because it's clearly on purpose, but it's just so on the nose, like, well, maybe I think that I should have three wishes or whatever, or the last wish. And just that they go back and forth and it's mm-hmm. very, very funny. Yeah. Now we're at the point in the episode um, where uh, the, on the original airing, and if you watch this on the DVD, it would pause and it'd be kind of like not a siren but kind of like a beeping noise um and it would say on the screen uh time to vote or voting time and then it cuts back to patrick the pirate and he's like all right kids call in now's the time who should get the last wish will it be squidward patrick or spongebob and then the phone number comes along the bottom of the screen And now you as a a child are running to your phone. You're calling Nickelodeon headquarters to give your vote. Okay. Two questions for you, Grant. Yeah. Question number one. Have you seen any of these alternate endings? I think I have, but man, it's been a while. So I had not seen them at all until I was getting ready um, for this uh, podcast episode. Um, Second question. Who do you vote for to see their ending?
1: I want to know what, like, Patrick's ending is.
0: Perfect, because that's the first one that they show. So in the uh, airing of the show or whatever, um, well, everybody, if they've seen the episode, they know SpongeBob wins, uh, his wish gets picked. Um, But they show first, like, first, let's show who didn't win. You didn't pick. And then they hold up a picture of Patrick. Patrick. And then we see this clip.
2: My mother told me to pick the very best one, and you are it! That's you, Patrick. Make
4: your wish. Um, wait, Patrick, listen. I do not particularly feel like being trapped here for all eternity. Eternity is a very long time, understand? Patrick, you've got to think harder than you've ever
3: thought before. <sighs> That's not gonna do it! <laughs> think harder!
2: Uh, come on, Patrick, uh, yeah, come think on. Uh, Okay, I got it. That wish is granted. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Want some gum?
4: You wished for gum?
2: Well, if we're gonna be here forever, we might as well have fresh breath.
3: Ah, ah,
2: And
0: the episode ends. Well, it doesn't end, but it you know that that's how the episode would end. Um so uh if if you talking about Grant and the uh listeners haven't seen this, you totally like look it up, like if you have the DVD or I'm sure that you can find them on YouTube. Um it's super fascinating for one, just because I mean I don't know about you listeners, but it was blowing my mind. I mean, this is the first time in over a decade, probably close to two decades that I saw footage from the original SpongeBob show that I had not seen yet. And it's just hitting me now that like, that's probably the last of the footage that I will ever, the last new footage that I'll ever see. So that was really crazy. And there's like fun visuals or whatever basically uh, what you see is they they remain standing on the poop deck like they were, but this time they're like chewing gum um, And then the next shot is a close-up of a dinner plate and um, SpongeBob's pants uh, Patrick's trunks and Squidward's shirt are on the dinner plate and it zooms out um, and uh, the Flying Dutchman has finished a meal and he has a huge um, belly. Um, and you can hear everybody shouting from inside of his belly. So,
1: what did you think of that ending, Grant? Are you happy you voted for it? I guess I am now. When I think about the ending with SpongeBob, I'm like, it, you know, it's it's not you know like amazing. It's not a, you know a super great ending. I guess right, it, right. right. A blender. Um. So. I guess I'm just, you know, hearing this now um, for the first time in a long time, and I'm like, yeah, it's it seems like it's better a little bit. But interesting, I yeah, 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 yeah. I,
0: I do have to say, for this ending, um, had that been the real ending, I think that it has what would have been one of the funniest lines of the episode. Which again was like so shocking to me. Like, man, I've never seen this, and this is like one of the funniest line deliveries of like Patrick you're gonna have to think hard about this uh that's not gonna do it it's so funny that like Spongebob's immediately freaking out because he can see like this isn't working you know Patrick's not gonna think about this hard enough anyway so that's Patrick's wish now let's uh see aka here um how Squidward would have wished them out of the situation you
3: are
4: it Squidward you get a wish a great big wish That's right. And you know what I wish? No. (laughs) I wish that I had never met you two barnacle heads before in my entire life! (laughs) Show me it.
3: Hi there, I don't believe we've met. My name is SpongeBob and this is my associate, Patrick. Hi.
4: That's not what I meant! Well, now that introductions are out of the way, it's time for dinner. And what did you say your name was? i'm squidward i'm your neighbor
3: oh nice to meet you squidward we'll have plenty of time to get to know each other i guess but...
4: it's so
0: pretty funny ending <laughs> um so in that scene of course uh squidward wishes that he uh, never met them but when uh you know it like kind of fades to white and fades back and they're standing in the exact same position but this time um spongebob and patrick do not know who squidward is uh very funny line delivery uh there too this is my associate patrick you know it's very funny and
1: i it think it just tickled if me i were to choose any ending i would choose that one. Yeah. Oh yeah you like that one yeah nice even okay, though I've, so, I've heard it for the first time in like 15 totally 16 years Right, right, right.
0: See, that's why it's hard for me to tell, like, do I think that these are funnier or have I just never heard it before? And I know the other ending so well, you know, because the quote unquote mm-hmm. real ending, um, like kind of surprised me the first time I saw it and I thought it was really clever, but now you just like see it coming, you know, and it sticks out in your mind. Cause it's like a, yeah, pretty memorable ending, but okay. Here's my sneaking suspicion though. And I hate to be a little cynical and like poo-poo on this, but Here's the thing, visually speaking, if you look up like screen grabs of these endings for Patrick and for Squidward, when they reveal what their wish was, it looks the exact same as the shot of them, you know, standing and uh, the Flying Dutchman saying, any meeny, miny, catch a sailor by his toe. It's mm-hmm. the exact same shot. Yeah. And then... The, the the ending shot, which you don't see normally in the episode, which is cool, but it's just like the shot of the plate, and it zooms out, and the Flying Dutchman is there, and he's eating them, he's got a big belly. It's the exact same shot in Patrick and in Squidward, which made me think, like, why, why did they not make something unique for each of them, you know? And so I have an itching suspicion, I hate to be that guy, but I... Do have to wonder if the voting ever did matter or if because SpongeBob wins. And on one hand, it's like, oh, I could see like a ton of five year olds being like SpongeBob. He's the best character. But then on the other hand, the cynical side, I'm like, would they have let anybody other than SpongeBob win? Like it's SpongeBob. He's the main character, you know, but then just that, like that ending was the only ending that got a fleshed out animation that looks completely unique from the rest of them does make me wonder was this all just a ploy um, to get uh, you know a ton of kids to watch all at once and get information on uh, what parts of the country we're calling in and their most loyal fans hey hello it's uh, me from the beginning of the podcast again uh, sorry it uh, spook I uh, hope I didn't uh, uh, spook, spook yeah. Um So uh, I just want to uh, say to um, past me this segment me uh, to shut up because I was wrong. I I cynically thought I think that this was rigged. I don't think that um, there was ever a scenario in which anyone other than SpongeBob lost. And I, in doing my research, found that that was not the case. And there's actually a little bit of fun trivia along with um, why, man, this makes me a two-time big pink loser, huh? Let's hear that sound effect again. Uh, uh, Ronnie, play that sound effect again. Ronnie's my DJ. He's not really. There's... I'm alone in my closet. Okay, so the fourth and fifth versions of the episode, you might have been wondering why I didn't um, n- name drop those earlier. Um, well, they are basically uh, the versions in which Patchy announces that Squidward or that Patrick are the winners. Um, and uh, basically, so the special is shot to look like it's happening live, right? Um, well, actually, um, it was shot you know, well before um, the airing of the episode, and it's just shot... Yeah, to to look like it's life. And they shot three different versions of the ending. You know, one where Patchy's like, and you picked Patrick and so on and so forth, right? And those other versions never aired in America. But interestingly, um, they did air on a uh, channel in Mexico. Um, They just aired all of the different versions back to back to back. So it's all in Spanish, but you can go online and see the alternate endings where Patchy announces different winners. I will also tweet those screenshots at Absorbent Yellow. You can see them for yourself. And then last thing, uh, the thing that really confirmed this for me um, is that, you know, uh, they um, the the writers on the audio commentary for this episode actually referenced the contest. um, And one of them specifically says, we kind of figured SpongeBob might win because it's his show. But Squidward's ending was actually my favorite. So I think that that's Carl Greenblatt that says that it could be Aaron. I think it's Carl. Um, So there you go. The Squidward ending um is also carl's favorite so if it was your favorite too you're in good company
1: okay back to the show sam you got to be careful here this is how conspiracies get started
0: (laughs) yeah i know right i know well before i move on any thoughts on those uh alternative endings other than you know my conspiracy uh conspiratorial conspiracy what do you think grant
1: I really want to see both of them because I'm just like listening to them for the first time again, in a long time. Totally. And yeah, I mean, I like the SpongeBob ending, mm-hmm. but again, it's not like right. super suspenseful. It's kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, I could have seen this coming.
0: Right, 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 right. Totally. Well, to be honest, I think that if you take us in my personal opinion, if you take a step back, they all are kind of in eye roll and not necessarily in like a super bad way, but just like, they're all like, I never know what to call this other than an F U to the audience, but that's like too harsh. But it's like uh like uh you and I both know, audience, what the ending should have been, and I'm purposely giving you not that ending, you know. Um so like the gum, the we never met, you know, which I mean it's like the monkey's paw thing. Um but yeah,
1: anyway. So what's the moral of the story here? That right. If right. you are offered wishes, should you always just ask for more wishes? Because I feel like that's right. the takeaway I'm getting from this episode. If you ever happens, you have an anchor, you know, flying, right. up, drop into your house, uh-huh. and climb up at meet the Flying Dutchman or some yeah. mythical creature or <laughs> right. um, mythical figure, then make sure you always ask for more wishes.
0: Yeah, I don't know if there is a moral to this story. And I mean, it's a very, very funny episode. Like, it's one of my favorite episodes probably, but I couldn't tell you what the main through line is for as long as it is. Like, I don't know if there's like a, oh, and then they learn this lesson by the end. It's just like very silly, which is, you know, great in its own right. And and it works for like what this was meant to be of like kind of a TV special. It's like almost as much an amusement park ride as it is like a story with an arc, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that the um, the genie wishes are a bit of like a monkey's paw situation where it's like, be careful what you wish for, be very specific with what you wish for because the genie always twists it in a little bit way to uh, it'll bite you, like come to haunt you or whatever, you know? So yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, I, I should emphasize for... For you, for the listeners, for myself, so I can sleep tonight. These alternate endings are very, very funny, I think. Anyway, without further ado, let's hear what um, the official uh, Forever Now ending of this episode was.
2: My mother told me to pick the very best one, and you
4: are it! Oh, think, SpongeBob. We're about to get eaten. What can you wish for to make it so we don't get eaten?
3: Don't worry, Squidward. I've got it all figured out. He won't be able to eat us because... I wish that the Dutchman was a vegetarian!
2: Hey! hey! We're home! You did it, SpongeBob! We're safe!
4: But why have we been turned into fruits? Hey, I get a wish too. Fruit prevents scurvy! Hey!
2: Ah! Oh my
0: so that real ending it's about a minute long well i guess Patrick is about a minute long too but so they they you know you think oh they're in front of spongebob's house though it is immediately a little sus because it's like that's an odd angle that they're at of course monkey's paw, they've been turned into fruit and now they're being chased around this like hippie van as they're running away in the blender that they're about to be blended in. So cute ending. I like it a lot. Um, The rest of the episode closes with, you know, in the original airing, Patchy's like, thanks so much, everybody. He yells at uh, Potty the Parrot, I think. And um, the airing that uh, you and I are more familiar with, um, they've repurposed the footage of him reading and announcing the winner to make it uh, a fan letter. And then Potty the Parrot blows up before he can read the letter. And then the episode is over. So cute ending. I really, really like this episode. Very, very funny. Grant, what did you think of the
1: episode, Shanghai? It just contains all the elements of a great SpongeBob episode, and just the the suspense, the, the you know the misdirection, the the humor, the jokes, the dialogue, all of that. Like it, that, it, that's a quintessential, you know, just SpongeBob right there in this episode that you just see play out. Yeah,
0: so good, so perfect. And with that, unless you have any other thoughts, shall we move on to Gary
1: takes a bath? Let's go for it.
4: SpongeBob will be right back on Nickelodeon. Louise, this is Nickelodeon.
3: I've got a naughty snail here who won't take a bath.
2: Well, that sounds like the most fantastic idea for a brand new SpongeBob SquarePants. What? Yes, I can see it now. SpongeBob can't get Gary into the bathtub. He struggles and struggles trying to clean his dearest cup Get in the tub. In the tub. In the tub.
4: Wow! Best of all, it would be a brand new never-before-seen SpongeBob.
2: What?
3: Could you say that again?
4: He said don't miss a brand new never-before-seen SpongeBob SquarePants. Next Saturday, night at 8, 7 central. Only on the first SpongeBob network, Nickelodeon.
3: Slow down. It's like you're speaking
2: some
0: other language. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Everybody's a Critic, the segment where you uh, get to be a critic and review the podcast, and then I read your review on the air. I have not read this review yet, but we have a new review, and I'm going to read it on the air now. Okay. Uh, This review comes from Hick... I guess. Does anybody know why? Why does Apple Podcasts require you to give a name to leave a review? It's very odd, and everybody just ends up uh, making um, um, fake names. But the, the names are kind of funny sometimes. So. So maybe, it, maybe I'm not upset. Okay, the review, uh, the the title for this review says, "Everyone's a critic." Appropriate. Uh, it says, "This is uh, my number one podcast. I sit by my phone every Sunday slash Monday, waiting for a new episode. I love everything about the show. You and your guests have wonderful inputs on SpongeBob. I look forward to listening to the next one, Lily. Thank you, Lily. That was an awesome review. Um, sorry you had to wait extra long. I. Uploaded last week's episode late, and there's even like a couple audio errors in it, and it drives me insane. But you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I, 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 it'll be on time this week, Lily I promise. I promise. I promise. Okay, let's get back to the show
3: now. Back to more Spongebob on Nickelodeon. Looks like it's that time of week again. Bath time! Come on, let's go get the water started. You're going to have to get in that tub, Gary. Now, Gary, we can do this the hard way or the easy way. Or the medium way. Or the semi-medium easy hard way. Or the sort of hard with a touch of awkward easy, difficult, challenging way. So that's how you want to play it, huh? Gary, check out this new toy.
2: Fetch! Huh?
3: New boomerang pet ball. Really works.
2: Mm. Gary, there's a bomb strapped to
3: my chest! It's gonna explode in three seconds and let you take a bath! Going to assault your mind with subliminal messages.
2: <laughs>
3: Sorry you had to see that. <laughs> we are back with the
0: episode, Gary Takes a Bath. Same writers as last episode. This episode is really funny and it's really short. And I just played most of it. Not really, not not most of it, but uh in an episode that's like five minutes long. It's like you play a minute and a half, it's like that's quite a bit of the episode. We'll hear probably uh, most of the episode in these three clips that I have. Um, and it was hard to like end it because it really is like so memorable, all these different scenes and specifically, I feel like many people remember and have memed uh, that last bit of subliminal messages, the terrifying kind of the hillbilly looking girl and I'm sorry you had to see that. Anyway, Grant, what do you think of Gary takes a bath.
1: Well, I did just see that. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think it relies on a lot of like physical comedy, visual comedy. Yes. In this short clip. I think there's uh-huh. just so much of that that's played in here. That makes it like more so than an average SpongeBob episode. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And, um, I was even thinking as I was watching this, like, I mean, it makes sense. And this is kind of what I was referencing earlier with, um, you know, the um like how it's almost a different medium. It's not a different medium, but it they have to take different storytelling approaches because they don't have the full eleven minutes to do your first act, second act, third act, your rising and falling action, you know. And this episode is basically entirely visual, physical comedy. Um and it, Almost feels like, like this, maybe sounds weird, but it's like a Tom and Jerry type episode.
1: Exactly. Like, I was going to say that too. Like, or why, yeah, yeah. Coyote and the Board Runner. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, cartoons that, you know, relied so much on physical comedy and visual comedy.
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Because you get like the setup, you know, every Tom and Jerry episode has your setup of like, they're in the city, this episode, they're in some house, this episode they're this is what Tom's trying to do. And then the entire rest of the episode is just physical comedy. Um, it's obviously not like as, uh frenetic as uh, one of those cartoons because it's literally a snail that won't move but it's very funny and it's very cute um when i was a kid i don't know if you remember these toys that what were they called they were like uh they were the things that had kind of discs that you could insert into it and um you would hold them up to your eyes and like look up at a light and and it It looked
1: kind of three-dimensional. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but the name, like, I can't think of, like, what it was called or, like, yeah.
0: Someone in their car, again, is probably, like, screaming it. Is it a viewfinder? Is that what they're called?
1: Viewfinder. We're doing a live Google. I'm not sure exactly.
0: I need a theme song for the live Googling we do. Yep, Viewfinder. That's what they're called. So I had a Viewfinder um, that had came with a couple. I think it was a SpongeBob Viewfinder uh, that I got probably for like Christmas or something. And it came with a couple SpongeBob ones. And I don't remember what episodes there were. On it, But um, Gary Takes a Bath was one of them, um, and then I think I also had like a, a Shrek one, but anyway, um, so the, I have a visceral memory of this episode because of that and because there's one moment later in the episode that's like oh, I've never laughed as hard as something on television as what happens, and I can't get myself to laugh this hard at it again today, but anyway, so – I I love it. I love, um, let's see, there's so many. I mean, I kind of just have to describe like all the different visual gags that happen. Um, When he gets like a a toy, like ball for Gary and he throws it and then it comes back because it turns out to be a boomerang. I just, it was so funny to me that he (laughs) reads it as like uh, the entire box is so funny. New boomerang. Uh, boomerang cheaper sam boomerang pet ball (laughs) really works it's just so stupid and then him throwing it and coming back to him is also very funny very stupid um this is so such an interesting way to write a joke is that they play leapfrog he launches gary and he gets smashed against the wall and the immediate next joke and it really like I laughed very hard at it but but he just Gary is in bandages looking pissed and has a cane. Like why does a snail have a cane, right? A walking cane. But he says, Gary, let's play Leapfrog. Exact same joke setup and then just bunk. Like some people listening will know, um, there's like a meme on like TikTok and stuff of just like somebody looking silly and then bunk, you know. Morgan will know what I'm talking about. Like this is like the the unbeknownst, uh, origin of, of, of that meme. Um, uh, he tries offering money, Mr. Krabs takes it. And then, uh, <laughs> did this work for you? It didn't work for Gary, but does the tap dancing work for you, Grant?
1: No. <laughs> oh, dang.
0: It worked for me. So I thought it was great. Um, the more elaborate, uh, drawn out joke then comes with the, um, um, pirate treasure map that SpongeBob shows Gary. It's very cute. He's crossed out the word bathroom, and wrote buried treasure almost gave it away but thankfully he crossed that out um well let's let's see if uh, he can convince gary this time
3: one two three four five six seven eight nine ten four 25 26 27 40 the treasure must be in here wow gary look a pirate treasure chest Why, no, Gary, this isn't the bathtub. It's treasure! Look, doubloons! Don't drop (laughs) them. Look at this brooch!
2: Mom!
3: I don't know what a snail would want with a brooch! Now, why don't you just get in the tub? Get in the tub! Get in the tub! Get in the tub! In the tub! In the tub! Now, Gary, are you going to get in this tub or am I going to have to?
0: <laughs> okay, so that moment when he throws Gary and he holds still in the air and then boop, just appears down below. I laughed so hard when I first saw that when I was six or whatever I was. And nothing has ever, I've been chasing that high ever since. <laughs> It's a dark world. And I, then, of course, he launches I mean, that's, him.
1: In... That's just su- such a funny scene. Uh-huh. Village, one place, and then poof, he's in another place. Uh-huh. Like, no, it, it defies gravity. Right, <laughs> and all right. All physics. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that was my first exposure to the hilarity and absurdity of just breaking physics and the rules of your world for the sake of a joke. I, uh... Just think it's so appropriate that Aaron Springer and Carl Greenblatt are writing on this episode because, I mean, it makes sense because they wrote the last episode. So maybe they're just like, hey, can you write five more minutes um, for when we air this on TV? Um, But then that they like, it's just all visual gags, like we said earlier, and they maybe are the best at that of any of the writers. Um, and then I was just looking at my notes and I forgot to say this earlier, but it made me chuckle reading it again. So I have to shout it out. Um, he calls a French restaurant (laughs) to like try and sell Gary to them. And he's like, what, what are you saying? And, um, for one, this very subtle, uh, visual flair of like, he's kind of pinching his fingers together as he's like on the phone with them. And then he says it was as if they were speaking some other language, which made me laugh very hard. Um, Grant, did you catch—this might be, of the first three seasons, the most adult joke (laughs) in all of SpongeBob. This appears on a lot of lists of, like, ten jokes you missed when you were a kid, you know. (laughs) Did you catch it?
1: What's a joke? Can you say it? Yes, he
0: he tells Gary not to drop the soap. So, For anyone wondering at home, you can— carefully look that up and for the kids uh listening at home um don't look that up
1: it's yeah just avoid it's it. it
0: yeah it's has it got a chuckle out of me but i'm like wow that's pretty uh risque for spongebob so anyway um he's launches and now he's up in his bedroom fun that we get to see some of the like architecture of spongebob's house and of course his bathroom is beneath his bedroom like up on the next floor um and he slips and falls into the bath. And then goes on this tirade after he soaks up all the bath water. We get a bunch of cute uh, puns, you know, water are you worried about or running from or I can't remember what he says, but um, he's accidentally cleaning his entire house and then kind of destroying his entire house until he happens upon Gary up in a tree. Well, he thinks is Gary, he sprays him down. Turns out it's just a record player playing the meow noise all right over and SpongeBob is dismayed. Says, I bathed Gary too hard and removed his skin. (laughs) But Gary, that ornery little shrimp, has actually just tricked him and knocks over the ladder. Let's hear how this episode ends.
3: I am really not amused, mister. You are going to take a bath and you are going to get clean right now. Meow. I am so the boss of you. Meow. It may be a free country, but you live in my house under my rules. Meow. Don't use that tone of voice with me. You will do what I say when I say. What are you doing? I am talking to you, mister. Do not go near that mud puddle. Gary the snail, do you hear me? I am giving you three seconds to get away from that mud puddle. One, two, two and a half. Don't make me say three. Gary! 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 I'm a dirty boy. Yeah, yeah, Gary, I'm getting behind my ears.
0: It's a free country, SpongeBob. That's the end of Gary takes a bath. Very cute ending. I it's going back and forth on would I give this like a four out of five or a five out of five? It doesn't really do anything wrong. Like it's like kind of a perfect episode, but it just doesn't have much of a plot so but i think i'll give it a five out of five just because if i was like trying to introduce someone to spongebob i think that this episode would make them laugh you know so anyway those are my quick thoughts grant our guest would you please tell us in closing what did you think of gary takes a bath
1: can we just address like the entire premise of this episode that he needs to bathe (laughs) right
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know it's but he needs to bathe him with soap, you know.
1: Yeah, like how how is there water within water? It's like it's this <laughs> right, right, right. Like at a kind of you know, scenario. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, <laughs> or, at you know, Goo
0: Lagoon, it. um that I read just this past week what the technical term is for it. I know that I have read like uh, the creators of the show talk about it like the Gula Goon is basically mud um, so that it's like a thicker consistency than the water around it. But anyway, sorry, I cut you off. Keep sharing your thoughts while I look up the scientific term for what the Gula Goon is.
1: Well, oh, it's, a brine, it's a brine
0: pool. I'm sorry. I found it right when I told you. Okay, <laughs> Brine pool is the technical term, which is basically just when um, sometimes called an underwater deep water lake or a brine lake is a volume of brine collected in a seafloor depression. These pools are dense bodies of water that have a salinity three to eight times greater than the surrounding ocean. Brine pools are commonly found below polar sea ice and in the deep ocean. Okay. I'm sorry. Grant, tell us what, what did you think?
1: Well, here's the thing about bath waters and that's supposed to be clean water though. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That was my point uh, that I
0: was (laughs) uh, making before I drilled off. It makes sense for Gulagoon. I cannot tell you what his bathwater is. That doesn't make sense to me, but
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those like odd SpongeBob, like, uh, where do you, you know, like, how do you explain that? And like, conspiracy theories almost. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So other than that, though, pro the episode, your fan.
1: Yeah. I think it incorporates, again, a lot of physical and visual comedy that Mm -hmm. you can really appreciate from spongebob a lot
0: nice i love it well grant thank you so much for joining us today for absorbent yellow and for celebrating spongebob squarepants do you have any other closing thoughts uh on spongebob or anything else uh before we wrap up
1: go watch the alternate endings to shanghai yes
0: uh and you do the same grant because it is a uh, sight to behold. It's pretty fun. But yeah, thank you again, Grant. It was great having you on, and you did great. I don't know if you were nervous, but you had great thoughts, and you're a good kid. Thank you're good, you. You're, you're going to make a, a good uh, uh, strong man someday, Grant. Okay. I, I'm just kidding. I don't know what I'm saying at this point. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, please join us next week for Welcome to the Chum Bucket and Frank and Doodle. See you then.
2: Maybe he's gonna give us a reward.
4: Like movie passes? Or an oversized coffee mug.